everybody. It's Connie Bowman, host of the weekly podcast, Happy Healthy You. And since we're talking about the healing power of music this week on the podcast, I thought I'd share with you a little bit of information about an exciting event that's coming to my area June 5th through 7th. And it's Wanderlust. If you've never heard of Wanderlust, it's the biggest ever music and yoga festival in the world. Here's some of the things that'll happen. We'll get to experience top-tier yoga classes taught by the world's most sought-after teachers. We'll be able to experience live performances of music featuring the sheer exuberance of the high and mighty brass band, the folk reggae acoustic fusion of Kevin Paris, Lake Street Dives amalgam of classic soul, R&B and jazz, and MC Yogi's positive hip-hop. Nature enthusiasts can delight in the full range of adventurous activities from stand-up paddleboarding, explorative hikes and adventure runs, to kayaking, outdoor meditations, photo treks, and more. A collection of imaginative activities such as acro yoga, I can't wait to try that, hula hooping, and slack lining will also be available. Attendees will also be inspired by the Speakeasy series, a lecture program featuring today's thought leaders. Former pro football center Jason Brown, who traded the NFL for a farm with a mission of feeding the hungry. Ecologist Matt Wasson, endurance sports coach and yoga instructor Sage Roundtree, and many more. Oh my gosh, the best food and wine. The farm-to-table dinner is a chef-crafted meal sourced from the freshest seasonal produce and locally farmed meats, which promises a -a one-of-a-kind fine dining experience. Or you can sample local and imported wine, beer, and libations, plus seasonal hors d'oeuvres at uncorked events, accompanied by live music, a bonfire, and the setting sun. Festival attendees will be nourished by a number of Wanderlust partners. Luvo will be sampling their wholesome, convenient meals made from fresh, nutritious ingredients. Resource Natural Spring Water is proud to partner with Wanderlust for the third straight year. And this year, they're excited to share their latest innovation with attendees, a new mindfully redesigned bottle available Earth Day 2015. That's this week. Zappos is focused on creating exciting customer experiences that sprinkle in fun and a little weirdness, so festival goers can expect something unique and out of the box. They're very excited to partner with Wanderlust and showcase not only an exciting experience, but also the product breadth and depth they have for yogis and athletes alike. For more information and tickets, please go to wanderlust.com. And for more information regarding snowshoe reservations, visit www.snowshoemtn.com or call 877-441-4386. from Victor Hugo. He says, Music expresses that which cannot be said and on which it is impossible to be silent. Music is awesome. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Happy Healthy You, the podcast. I'm Connie Bowman. And yes, music is awesome. It's awesome. It's been a major part of my life. I'm a singer and a performer, and my daughter is a singer and a performer. And I couldn't live a life without music. I don't know about you, but it has been such an important part of my life. And, you know, you can think of songs from from high school and junior high and just and the memories just come back so music is is important to us as human beings and 
It might just be considered the great connector cross-culturally. For all of our differences, music is appreciated in every culture across the globe, and, and it's used for pleasure, inspiration, praise, and healing. And that's what we're going to talk about today in the podcast, Music for Healing. Angela Blue Skies is with us today. She's a visionary musician and facilitator who studied at Peabody Institute, among other places. She's a beautiful composer, she's a vocalist, and she's a a flautist. I love saying that. (laughs) And she's just making beautiful music for all of us to enjoy and to bring all kinds of music healing to the planet. Hi, Angela. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Hi, Connie. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's nice to be here. Gosh, I... I'm so excited to talk to you. I've been wanting to talk to you for a while, but before we go into your music and all the beautiful things that you're doing, can you tell us about Blue Skies? (laughs) Mm. So my first trip uh, across country um, was a road trip in my early 20s, and I went from Baltimore to Colorado. And when I got there, I saw these incredible mountains and the sky was so big. And when I came home from that trip, I just couldn't stop talking about it. And a friend of mine kind of jokingly called me, Angela Blue Skies. Oh, would you please get over it already? (laughs) So it was kind of a joke. And so I just kept it on as a joke for a while. Um, But as my spiritual path started to go a little bit deeper. I started to connect with my own Native American ancestry. And after I started traveling to Peru and and doing some work with indigenous healers and shamans there, I realized that I had a strong connection with that blue skies energy. And I decided to claim it fully. And I started I started signing my name Angela Blue Skies. Like how how would it feel if that was me? And it actually felt like it really was me. It always had been. Yeah. Blue skies and blue eyes. Your eyes are so <laughs> beautiful and blue. Gosh. Well, tell me, Angela, something tells me, you know, your all your work with um, the indigenous cultures and music, um, something tells me you have a really good feel for why you're on the planet. Why is that? <laughs> How do you know, like that, that question? Was... Let's just go right to the to the nitty gritty. It. It. It's actually a question that plagued me for a really long time. Um, there, there were a few years where I, I really felt a loss inside of myself. I'd, I'd um, experienced some loss in my life, some some people who were important to me, and I started to really ask myself, like, well, why am I here? I don't want to waste my time. And I already felt like I had a, a successful creative career as a musician, and and I'd been on a spiritual path for a long time, but I felt like there was something deeper that I was missing. And so I spent about nine months engage with this prayer every day like please god tell me why i'm here if you tell me why i'm here i will step out into service of that every day for the rest of my life and i will never ever question it and i i kept praying and i kept asking and feeling like there was no answer and toward the end of 2010 i um, went on a personal retreat and I started really engaging with these questions and I, I just kept feeling like I don't want to die and not have fulfilled this. So I, I spent these days really deep in my own vision quest. And what came through was a series of guidances that were a complete dissolution of the question and require me to look deep in myself at, at my own questioning nature and how I was actually trying to take apart something that wasn't broken. And so I decided, okay, I let go of the question. I'm here and I can accept that. 
And then a few days later, the message came through. Okay, now that you've stopped asking, we'll tell you. You're here to be a song keeper. You will carry your own songs. You will carry the songs of others. And you will carry them to be a beacon of light and healing and love in this planet at this time. And at the time, I'd had a 15, 20-year career as a classical flute player. And when the message came through, I was like, oh, right, I got it. And then I was like, song keeper that doesn't mean flute that means singing and at the time i had never ever ever been singing for people i was actually terrified to sing and um and it was a really deep block for me but i realized it's something that i had wanted to do since i was a child and the flute had been kind of a step away as wow. i had gotten scared yeah so i i stayed true to my heartfelt prayer like if if you tell me why i'm here i will do it every day for the rest of my life and that's been true isn't that interesting what a great story and what a great lesson for all of us. So you're asking the question, and of course, God answers a question with a question like, why are you asking me that? And then once you relax into it, you get the answer you need. Yeah. So then you get that you're a song keeper, and you know that music is part of your life. So what did you do with that? I mean, what did song keeper mean to you? And how did you allow it to unfold in your life? So I already had some connection with um, indigenous ceremonies that had already been to Peru. Uh, once or twice or maybe three times by that point. Um, so the language song keeper sounded kind of familiar to me. Like it, it's something that could be a role within right. in a tribe. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I didn't know where to go with it. And I was so scared to sing. And then I discovered that there had been a catastrophe in Peru. There had been this uh, really big earthquake on the coast south of Lima and it had been in a place that I had spent some time and while I didn't have any personal friends there I felt like a really strong connection to that and I just remember bursting into tears and starting to look online like what can I do what can I do um, I wanted to be of service so um, so the song keeper role got kicked up a notch when I realized that I could have a benefit concert and so I put together a group of musicians and we decided to do a concert that featured settings of text from the Bhagavad Gita to original improvised music. And while I mostly played the flute, I also realized I needed to share some songs that were really um, important to me from my community in Peru and, and that I would have to sing them. And I, I remember being absolutely terrified, but also knowing that I was I was carrying these songs in order to help people. And mm -hmm. that was the beginning of it. So you had a little throat chakra opening. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it was it was scary. I still remember that first performance. I was playing um, with a friend of mine on guitar. And and I, I think I kind of left my body. I was so scared at that point, like, oh, my God, I can't actually believe this day is happening. I'm singing for people. But as I started to really explore that and knew that it was in service of something greater than myself, yeah. I was able to relax and trust it and just continue to listen for that guidance. That is so the key, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. Let's talk about how, how that unfolded from there. So once you freed your voice and you started singing, how was that for you the first couple of times? 
Oh, I'm a singer, so I can so relate. And I and I know what stage fright feels like. And of course, I sing musical theater, but I love the kind of spiritual music that you sing. And I just think it brings so much peace to people and healing. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But talk about like your initial experience with it. Um, My initial experience um, in a practical sense actually was a lot of tension in my own throat. And I would sing a little bit and then either start coughing or feel hoarse. I thought, gosh, is this a lack of technique? You know, I'm trained as a flute player over many years, but I, I hadn't had any voice training. And I thought, gosh, what's wrong? And I started to really understand through my healing work that it was, in fact, a throat chakra blockage that was manifesting in a physical way. And as I did practices, like I, I would work with sound meditations and um, just explore my voice in different ways. And I started to realize that it actually had nothing to do with technique. It had everything to do with my own resistance. Mm-hmm. So I just stayed present with it. And I um, I just explored in some really unusual ways, not ways that I ever heard about from my friends that were voice teachers. Mm-hmm. And I started to realize that um, getting out of the mind and getting into the body and exploring and feeling was the key to removing that block. And now my my voice is clearer. I have a greater range. I have greater breath control. I can explore different textures of sound. And I still haven't had voice training. <laughs> I was just able to get out of my own way. Yeah, isn't that the key? And music is such a mind-body. It's one of the few mind-body spirit experiences that we as humans are allowed to experience. I, I sing with an acapella group at Christmas time. We do Christmas carols, classic ones. We do some like kind of funky, um, uh, like Manhattan transfer kinds of stuff. And um, one of the most profound experiences I've had, <clears throat> oh my gosh, look at that as I'm talking about this. <laughs> right? Ah, <clears throat> one of the most profound experiences I've had is singing in the Alzheimer's wards at nursing homes. And it's really interesting these beautiful souls that have no memory and no, um, you know, real, gosh, like they're basically hardly functioning and they recall Christmas carols and they start singing along and they, tears are streaming down their face and, you know, obviously they can't, they have no, um, no mind, but, but the spiritual and emotional experience of music for them is, has just such healing effects. So gives me chills to think about. So talk about your work now and what are you doing with this? We talk about the wounded healers as the best healers in in the world. So what are you bringing to the planet with this work that you're doing? Oh, sometimes I feel like maybe too much. I'm trying to do a lot of different things, but it's it's something that makes me so excited and I I just, I don't want to hold myself back. I want to just go for it. Um, So in a sense of performing, I, um, I have been leading kirtans now throughout the East coast and also in South America for maybe the past four or so years. Um, For someone who doesn't know what a kirtan is, explain that. Kirtan is something that comes from the yoga tradition in India and involves chanting mantras in a collective space. So it's a shared experience as opposed to a concert where there's a performer and an audience. So we engage in mantras together and through chanting, we experience like all that heavy energy just gets lifted away. It's amazing. It is amazing. Um, my, My kirtan work is actually a lot more expansive and out of the box than a lot 
because um, I came to Kirtan through some sacred ceremonies in South America where there were healing songs from all traditions and all around the world and multiple languages being used. Um, so I guess my definition of Kirtan is more like um, sacred song that is shared and sung together in a collective experience. And I've actually been moving away from even calling it Kirtan. I don't know what to call it instead yet, but um, I, I'm just so passionate about bringing people together to, to sing and to share from the heart and to drop out of the mundane levels of thinking um, that we experience so often in our, in our culture. Um, so that's something I'm really excited about. And I released my first album um, about a year and a half ago. And that's been going really well. I've been able to share with a lot of people who can't necessarily see me in person and sing with me in person. Um, so that's been a big piece. And um, beyond that, I also have been developing some different kinds of sound healing work. I, I really love to work with the gong, which is really popular in the Kundalini yoga tradition. And I do these uh, gong meditations where people just rest on the floor and I play for an hour. And, and it takes people into what I like to call the sonic smudging because um, the vibration of the sound feels like it gets in between your cells oh, and gets all the... It's amazing. I was out oh. in Arizona. I, I have to work with you, but I was out in Arizona and I took a, a yoga with a gong class. Oh my gosh, it was the most amazing. I felt like I floated out of that. that yeah. Yeah, it was just beautiful. So yeah. um, we'll play your music a little bit later and give everybody okay. a taste of your beautiful work. But I'd like to, at this point, talk about sound healing and what it has to offer people. And maybe you can tell us some stories about um, some different clients or even some personal experiences, just so we can get a feel for how the vibration of sound can work on the body, mind, and spirit. Sure. One of the things that I always like to share, whether it's sound healing or at a concert event, um, is something I read once, and I wish I'd written it down with all the right resources and names of who said it, but I've forgotten. But the, the words were something like, the sound we create travels 700 miles in every direction. And if we're chanting a mantra, it goes 700 miles in every direction, up, down, and all sides. And if we're calling sound healing into our lives, not only does it affect me and it affects you, it affects everything in 700 mile radius, which I think is extraordinary, the power that sound has to, to carry mm -hmm. and the vibration that comes with it. Um, so this past winter, I really set about doing some of my own study and research and working with uh, colleagues and, and clients to try to understand some of what it is that's actually happening in sound healing because it's not a science that has been well documented yet. Right, and I'm right. There's that's change. Yeah, there's some research I was reading about, and and my niece is actually a music major who's studying sound therapy, and we, so we were having this conversation this morning. And there is very little research that's been documented. There's some, and they're starting to do some. So. So yeah, it still has that sort of airy fairy, but yeah. but I I believe with all my heart that it has true healing. I do so, too. So sorry, um, I just had to interject. No, it's beautiful. <laughs> so. Perfect. Um, so one of the interesting um, bits of research that I came across in um I think it was a video class that I was participating in this winter was about the biochemical changes that actually happen in the body 
um, as different kinds of sound modalities are applied. And I can certainly send you information on, um, on this if you like. Uh, the man's name is John Bolio, and he is an American who did a lot of research, but he also has medical training. Um, he used himself as his test subject a whole lot. And he started to realize that as he would explore sound, chanting mantras, tuning forks, things like this, that the, the body actually activates um, what is it, the, the sympathetic nervous system or the parasympathetic nervous mm -hmm. system, but the, the, the nervous system that is a calming response as opposed to the stress response, it actually, the sound activates the neurotransmitters that need to be activated in order to calm the whole system. And he went through such amazing research uh, sharing about what it does to the circulatory system and what it does to the nervous system and what it does to the organs in the body. And I was blown away. Um, but a lot of that, you know, is research that that is just growing at this point. I'm excited that that's starting to happen. In my own work, I have a lot of people that come to my group events over and over and over again because like so many people in the West, they spend their week working, working, working like crazy. Yes. And they get to Friday and they just feel fried and exhausted and drained. And um, my friends who, who have that, that life and, and are also energetically sensitive, you know, like feel their whole system kind of at a fever pitch. And when people come to these sessions, they feel like they got a whole night's rest in an hour, <laughs> yeah. you know, and some of them um, have, have shared that they actually experience visions of connecting with um, other realms and angels and healing beings. Some of them connect with, you know, family, um, family that's no longer on this planet. Mm -hmm. Some of them have visions of um, of questions that they've been working with in their life. Not everybody's visual, but I, I think that's extraordinary. And um, some, like one woman who came only once to a sound healing, she uh, was a friend of mine and was experiencing some pretty serious health conditions. Um, I, I think it was some form of rare cancer. And she actually came with oxygen on, on a rolling cart and needed to have a lot of help getting situated in the space. And you know, she didn't get to go out very often because she was so sick, but she just decided, oh, I really want to do this. And in the months that that unfolded after she came, she kept emailing me and she said, I really feel like coming to that space and being in that vibration helped me to take a step beyond myself as sick. And, and I got to step into myself as a little bit more well. And Every time I hear from her now, she still sends me messages and, and she's doing better and better and better. And she really believes that it was putting herself in that space um, that that helped her to push um, past that limitation. Yeah. And that, that makes my day. I'm so happy to be able to provide some little catalyst for people. If sure, I can. sure. Yeah. And, and I think one of the reasons why the research is not documented yet, because there's so many things that we don't really understand about our spirit and the music really does touch our spiritual bodies in ways that you know we just don't have a way of scientifically measuring right now so although maybe with a curly and camera or something you can do right. that so when someone comes to you for a music a sound um healing experience what would it be like i'm sure you customize it for I each do. person but what's it generally like like if i were to come in and I just want to chill in your space. What would it be like? Um, so the first thing that we would decide is if you wanted to experience a gong meditation, which is 
uh, sound and vibration, but not really centered in a music experience, or if you wanted a sound medicine journey, which uses um, medicine songs and singing bowls and um, and the flute and different things like that. Um, so pick which one you would like to have, and I'll go from there. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Well, I've had the gong, so I'm going to say the bowls, and can I include some vocals? Totally. Okay. Totally. So I would ask you first off, um, what is it that you are wanting in your life and what is it that you're wanting to release in order to make space for that? And once you spend some time getting clear with that, I would just ask you to share it if you're comfortable or just hold it in your heart if you'd rather be private. Okay. And then I would set you up in our healing room. We have a beautiful healing room in our house. Um, uh, we're in Harpers Ferry, West Virginia, and we live on top of a mountain with wow. this beautiful view. It's amazing. So we have a healing room, and I would set you up there, and I would potentially surround you by the bowls if that felt appropriate. Um, and I would tune in to what your, what your request was. And the standard format for these is a chakra clearing experience. So I would um, call forth uh, the Bija mantras, which are mantras that um, resonate with the energy of each of the chakras. And um, I would also come up with a series of songs, uh, and each song would resonate with each of your chakras. And we would go through that experience, um, both with the singing bowls and the different pitches and harmonics of the singing bowls. Um, there are some people that believe that certain vibrations are aligned with certain chakras, so right. they could potentially include that. Um, and there are different and notes, and uh, right? Different notes go with each chakra to... Yes, and it's it's not something that is widely accepted at this point. People have different feelings about it, and I've done some some reading, and there doesn't seem to be consensus. Mm, but okay. uh, but you know, one of the most important things that I hear over and over again among the like the founders of sound healing, the people who have really been doing this for twenty or thirty or forty years in our culture, at least, um, is that. Intention is half of the experience. Right. With everything, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. So the intention that the practitioner brings, as well as the intention the client brings, that is the catalyst for the healing space. And then the rest of it is just how we work with it. So as a client, I would just have to lay there and close my eyes and just be. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Sounds awesome. I can feel it. It's wonderful. <laughs> that sounds great. Now, you are, as you said, in Harpers Ferry, West Virginia. If someone is interested in experiencing it in in their own home do you have cds that you can share or mp3s that are available i um i have actually some sound files that i've not yet released they mm. are complete and they're ready to go i'm just waiting to have the album cover and everything um, <gasps> complete the design how exciting and i'm hoping my goal is to have that all finished by summer so that people will be able to access it both as a cd and a download beautiful Beautiful. Mm -hmm. So a lot of this work uh, originated, did, did did it originate in Peru where you, you worked with some of those indigenous peoples? You know, I think probably every indigenous culture has some form of healing with song and sound and vibration. Mm -hmm. My my original exposure was through some ceremonies in Peru, yes. But I know that in India, there is a, a very long-standing culture of working with this. And I mentioned Bija mantras before. Mm -hmm. um, Bija mantras are believed to be the oldest mantras on earth. And they're all single syllables. They're not meant to be sung. They're meant to be just chanted. And you don't chant them a lot. Like like if you were chanting Om Namah Shivaya, you may do it 108 times with your mala, you know, going around. If you were chanting Vijay Mantra. sounds like a lot, Angela. 
What did you say? That sounds like a lot for a Westerner. Sorry. Yeah. So, mantras are yeah. are not chanted quite as as often. Usually, mm-hmm. I in my reading, it's three or nine times. Okay. But they're very strong energy, and that's why it's not required to chant them so often, so many times. Um, and these actually predate. Uh, Hinduism, they're they're from the most ancient tantric traditions, and who knows before written history what the actual, um, the the real background is. We don't know. Yeah, and all of that was intended for union with the divine, or yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, okay. And- so in in this country, we're so young, so we don't have any of this stuff. So this is, I mean, except for the Native Americans. So I just have to show you this because <laughs> so I'm doing yoga teacher training, and I want this is this is my intention. I want to be able to play this flute for my students at some point, not anytime soon. So I got this flute and it's just like, it's an A, which is supposedly the easiest to play. And it only has five holes. So listen for a second and don't laugh at me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's great. I love it. It just has the best sound. Totally. I love it. So can you work with me to help me get better at my flute, my Native American flute? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't I don't play the the real flute, the classical flute like you do. But Oh, yeah. that's okay. This is just as real a flute. In fact, I think it maybe is even realer because it's much older. Yes, yes. So yeah, I guess the indigenous people have been playing this for many, many years. Yeah. yeah, and they made them out of everything they had. I've seen in in some museums in Latin America flutes that are that are five or six hole, similar enough to this, that are actually made out of clay, made out of bone. You know, now we have them out of wood and bamboo. But yeah, so people have been creating music, you know, as long as time as we've been here on this planet for our enjoyment, for our healing, for who knows what else to reach the the divine as we've talked about. So uh, if someone is interested in working with you or Mm -hmm. listening to your music or buying your new CDs, albums, how can they find you? Um, My website is a great resource for that. Um, As the new um, album of Sound Meditations becomes available, I will definitely list it there. Um, My current CD is available through CD Baby as both uh, an actual CD and an MP3 download. And it's also available through Spirit Voyage, which is a beautiful resource for all things yoga. And once the the new Sound Meditation um, album is released, the information should be available through CD Baby as well. Awesome. Angela, thank you so much. I look forward to being able able to not only play my flute, but also (laughs) play your music in my yoga classes because I love it. Thank you. So thank you so much for coming on to talk about this awesome subject. You're just a light. Keep up the good work, girl. You're following your, your bliss. So have a great day. Thank you. All the blessings you give Make the space within me To receive all the blessings you give Make the space within me To receive all the blessings you give Make the space within me To receive all the 
blessings you give Make the space within me to receive all the blessings you give Make the space within me to receive all the blessings you give Make the space within me to receive all the blessings you
the space within me to receive all the blessings you give. Make the space within me to receive all the blessings you give. Make the space within me to receive all the blessings you give. Make the space within me to receive all the blessings you Within me to receive all the blessings you give. Make the space within me to receive all the blessings you give. Make the space within me to receive all the blessings you give. Make the space within me to receive all the blessings you give. All the blessings you give